I'm a true champion. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Aaron X, and I am here to discuss Independent Wrestling Elite's latest show, Resurrection, on the Wrestle Plug Podcast. Before we start, usual socials as always at WrestlePlug if you want to get in contact with us. At Design is my own personal social media if you want to get in contact with me for some ungodly reason. Maybe you want me to record a show. Maybe you want me to take some photography. Maybe you just want me to stand there and procrastinate like I do so well. However, this is about independent wrestling, British independent wrestling. Feels like forever since I've had the chance and really had the opportunity to delve in and dedicate a podcast to British independent wrestling. As you know, we've covered so many different companies. 4FW, Reach Wrestling, Progress Wrestling, CWP, CPW, Renegade, the list goes on. But for me, this was my first kind of foray into IWE, and obviously I was working there. So once you're within that kind of environment, it's kind of cool because you can offer a little bit of a different perspective from just being a fan. And obviously I always offer a fan's perspective anyway because I am at my heart, a proper professional wrestling fan. I love professional wrestling. I'll try and consume as much of it as you know via the wrestle plug. And this was a show that I was really excited, not only to work on, but also see the card because there were so many people that I knew and so many people that I hadn't seen before, maybe had wind of, and this was my first opportunity to see them in person. That's always a really cool experience as well. So five match card. It was meant to be six, full disclosure. Um, Obviously, injuries happen. People pull out for whatever reason. So that left us with five matches. And the individuals that were here and that were left to put on these five matches did a hell of a job. Right before I start breaking down matches, just want to give a shout out to my boy, Ebenezer the Geezer, who helped me out with the camera work. Absolute joy, as always. Genuinely one of the best friends I'll ever have in life, never mind wrestling. Um, somebody who I really value and somebody who I feel should, well, frankly, come as a package when it comes to using WrestlePlug to record your shows. I feel like we did a great job. And just so you guys know, the match footage is very closely going to follow this podcast. There's already a highlight video out there via Aeronix Design on Facebook and Instagram. So make sure you check that out if you want a sneak peek of what the show was all about. Now then, tight grip. Versus The Rebellion to open the show. Tight Grip made up of Zulu Warrior and Morgan Black taking on The Rebellion's Jack Torino and Taylor James. Awesome. Great fun. Uh, Obviously, I can break down the matches, but I don't want to give it away too much because I want you guys to check out the matches themselves. They genuinely are worth a watch. But the match itself was a great opener. Now, full disclosure, there was only 16 fans there. And I know what people are going to say. Oh, 16 fans. I'm honest to a fault, as you know. Frankly, I didn't think the show was posted that well. Didn't think it was advertised that well. Social media, a little bit shady, if you ask me. But those are things that I've said to the owner. It's not that I'm just blabbering it away here on the podcast. I have relayed that information to them, and I'm hoping they'll take that on board. Um, Because, you know, if you look at shows like CWP, for instance, are pulling decent numbers, I wouldn't say that they're bigger promotions by any means, but they're just well promoted within that region and within the town that they're working. So there weren't that many fans. And as someone who works behind the camera, in front of the camera, that can be quite off-putting. I remember I made my debut in front of nine people in Exeter. And it can be jarring, 
But as a professional and as a performing artist, it's a really good measure to see what these guys are all about. And these guys went out and killed it. It was a great tag team opener. Can I just say as well, I love tight grip. They got such a, I don't know, there's just something really cool about them. You know, very colourful, very charismatic, very engaging. They fill the room. They're very entertaining. When they come out, they're larger than life personalities. Coming out to cold, cold as ice, excuse me, uh, by MOP is always a good thing as well. <laughs> um, I just really enjoyed this match. It flowed really well. And the Rebellion were great heels, particularly Jack Torino. Big fan of his. Love his look. Love the shades, by the way. Um, just a great look all around, though. Every single guy in this match felt like a professional wrestler. But each one of them is ironic because I'm really big on tag team wrestling. And I love my tag teams to be proper tag team. And these guys were world-class tag teams. However, they each had an individual trait, an individual characteristic, which made them feel like they could be great singles wrestlers as well. Um, especially someone like Morgan Black. You know, I love the ring gear. I love the style. There's a little bit of a throwback going on in there. Obviously, a nod to great heritage and things of that nature. It's just cool, you know? It's, it's different. You don't see everybody wearing that. And I like the fact that they represented their culture the way they wanted to, and not how some fucking Mark Carney promoter might have asked them to. Really good match. Physical, hard-hitting. Won't give away the result. Just because I want people to check out the match footage, if you head to IWE UK's YouTube channel, uh, when, within a few days of this podcast, you'll be able to see the actual matches in full. I know, because I recorded them. <laughs> uh, and I genuinely think each match is worth a watch. And this one was no exception. I thought it was fucking awesome. Well done, boys. Really cool. Really excited about the possibility of working with these guys in the future. Just really fun, charismatic, and, you know, <sighs> shattering kayfabe just a little bit backstage, uh, especially uh, Zulu and Morgan Black. I just I thought they were really cool, really fun. They brought warmth to the environment and... I don't know, they just made things feel so much more comfortable. But to be fair, that was the case for everyone in this locker room. I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now, best locker room I've been in. And I've been in quite a few really good ones as well, where I felt really at ease and really comfortable. This was by far and away the best one. And in a time where people are still trying to regain their trust when it comes to how they feel about professional wrestling and how they feel about professional wrestlers, these people, all of them, were an entire credit you know, whether it be the ring crew, shout out to Brett for bringing his ring as always, absolutely one of the best in the world at this, an absolutely consummate professional and a lovely human being, Nick and Rakim, the referees were absolutely fucking awesome, all the staff involved, you know, made for a really professional, really fun environment, it felt very caring, you felt like you mattered, you know, we always want to feel like we're worth something, I genuinely believe that if you're in charge of a workforce or if you're helping to employ individuals, if you show great faith and great warmth in those individuals, you will get a much better projection of their workload. And that's exactly what happened here. <laughs> because they were treated so well, because we all felt ease, because we were having such a good time, we were able to go out there and fulfill our jobs and fulfill them well. You know, this is a show that was worthy of a huge crowd. And the fact they only had 16 people is not a reflection on the incredible efforts and talent of everyone involved. That's just my personal opinion, and I'm going to stick to it. Uh, Maverick Blade versus Johnny Storm. I feel like I've seen Johnny Storm a hundred times, um, and he still can perform, which is what's important about Johnny Storm. Um, Maverick Blade is someone I hadn't seen before. 
I quite like the look. If I'm being hypercritical, and as you guys know, I do offer critiques. I'm not just going to suck everyone's dick. I feel like he could look a bit better, a bit more polished. Um, first of all, get a bigger bat, fam. Come on, bruv. Sting's fucking got you beaten by the margin here. Look like one of those little clobber jobbers that um, the big man's got on NXT. I forgot his name now. Rich Holland, that's it. A little bit like that, but with just not enough girth. There's not enough girth to your weaponry, sir. Um, but a great worker, great charisma, um, great heel gimmick. Just would like to see it polished up a little bit. Um, but I also understand that gear is expensive, especially customised gear. And people don't realise that outside of the wrestling business. It costs a lot of money to um, invest in yourself. You know, I always hear trainers saying to me, all the time, you need to invest in yourself. I've gone out and invested in myself a lot in the gear that I use to record shows, recording this podcast, the way I present myself when I'm working in a match. But it's difficult. People don't appreciate how expensive. And I'll be honest with you, I think that a lot of the people who make personalised wrestling merchandise or have cornered the market on that, they take fucking liberties with the workers and they charge them a ridiculous amount. And that's probably going to cop me some heat, but I'm sorry, it's true. Some of the, some of the prices that people are charging are exorbitant. Um, classic, good guy, legendary face in Johnny Storm versus nasty, evil Maverick Blade and his baseball bat. Uh, it came into play as you would expect. Johnny Storm... He just seems timeless. You know, he's a bit of a classic. He's a real throwback in a lot of ways. What I like about Johnny Storm is that he tends to work everywhere. Still, at this point, you would uh, be forgiven for thinking, oh, he's going to rest on his laurels a little bit. No, not, not at all, actually. You know, he still goes out there. He still puts on a good performance. He doesn't mail it in. He doesn't work a five-minute match. You know, Jody Fleisch is another great example of that. And obviously, he'll know Johnny very well as they tag together for so long. There's something really cool about that, and that really warms your heart when you're, you know, shall we say, greener than the average wrestler. Um, and I don't think there's any shame in saying that I'm, I'm definitely green in everything that I do, and I'm still learning. Doesn't matter how many years I've been doing videography and things of that nature. It, you're always going to learn something, and someone like Johnny Storm has been there, seen it, and done it all. And yet he's still going out there and putting on a performance and giving you your money's worth. I think that's pretty cool. I really do. Um, good match. Very good match. Not much I can critique about it. Like I say, I would like to see Maverick Blade maybe tighten up his gimmick a little bit more. Uh, good talker, though. Good in-ring talker as well. Great to see some confidence in terms of uh, banter and using the referee to his advantage as well. Just really good standard heel fare. He's the kind of guy that, if you book him to play the dastardly villain on your show, he'll do a good job, I think. I really do. And obviously, Johnny Storm, everyone knows what he can do. Now, the two guys who closed up the first half of the show Alex Connors, Kevin Isaac. Didn't know either of them. Full disclosure, never seen him wrestle. Uh, which is a surprise because I've seen a lot of people. That's not me bragging. It's just where I'm stupid and <sighs> spend an exorbitant amount of money traveling around the country watching wrestling because it truly is the most beautiful thing on earth as far as I'm concerned, especially when it's done right. And I hadn't seen either of these guys before. Um, I know that the IWE social media accounts gave it a match of the night. And I can understand why uh, Alex Connors and Kevin Isaac know how to work. And they know how to work an old school kind of style. Alex Connors, very typical old school, obnoxious heel. There was, even when he's kind of playing a tweener or face or, you know, not presenting himself as a full-blown heel, there's still this kind of obnoxious air about him. His presentation. 
And that works really well. If you naturally give off a heel vibe, then why not go for it full blown? I really liked Kevin Isaac. Um, I liked his style in the ring. I liked his presentation. I liked his candid nature. It just felt so authentic. And when he came down to the ring and when he got in the ring and the way he kind of interacted with fans, for better or for worse, it just felt like it meant something. And it felt like it was genuine. And from what I understand, this is his first opportunity to wrestle since the pandemic hit. Um, and obviously, for a lot of us, it was our first opportunity. I mean, this was IWE's first show since the pandemic hit. This is my first show working since the pandemic hit. It's difficult. It's difficult to kind of get yourself into that position and get yourself into that mindset of a performer or a professional in that regard. And you would have thought this guy had wrestled a match the night before or the weekend before. Smooth, very smooth, very physical, but very ground-based as well, which was very cool. Everything just meant something, which is, I know, I don't want to sound like old man yelling in the clouds, get off the top rope, you fucking whippersnappers. But I, um, I do kind of like my wrestling to make sense a little bit. Um, this is just my personal cup of tea. I'm not saying that anybody else is wrong. That's just my personal subjective preference. And this was the kind of match that I enjoyed. This felt more like a fight than a wrestling match in that regard. Very, very cool. Loved the way the story was being told. And then the fact that Alex Connors took over and took advantage of the back injury. Great story. Great psychology. Excellent, excellent contest. And something that you boys should be very proud of. I thought you put on a hell of a match. That's definitely going to be a fantastic match to watch back. It really is. Um, and I highly, highly recommend people do so. But I'm not going to sit here and say, because normally I'll say, if there's one match you watch, it should be this one. You've got to watch all of them, as far as I'm concerned. You really have. Uh, intermission, shout out to Dan Barnsdall, by the way, who emceed the show. Uh, it's just, there are two words to describe Dan Barnsdall. Um, no, not those. <laughs> um, consummate professional. Uh, you know, I'm sure certain people have different opinions on Dan or have different takes on Dan, depending on who he works for and, you know, who you speak to. But that's just the wrestling world in a nutshell. And people love to talk fucking shit. And as always, I'm not hiding. I'm always available. And you can find me at the shows that I'm working at. And I'm more than happy to step outside and have a conversation with anybody. But um, I think Dan does a great job. And <laughs> again, you'd be forgiven with a small crowd for maybe phoning it in a little bit, maining it. No. This is where his professionalism comes into play. There may only be 16 people here, but it's still an MC's job to hype them up, to get them ready for the contest, to let them know what's going on, to interact with them. And he did that, and he did that so well. You know, the little back and forth with the guy with the DX shirt. You know, th those little things, they matter, and they make a difference. And it's those little things that make up a show and help the experience that fan will most likely go away and think, Oh, how cool was that? The MC like, had a little chat with me and stuff like that. You can really make someone's day with the little details. So, credit to Dan for that. Uh, the women's match for the women's championship, so to speak, the national championship. Quite like that. I think that's quite cool. A little bit of a different take on the norm. Mia Cortez uh, challenging Riley Daniels for her title. Uh, again, two women I know of, but haven't seen in person. Uh, Mia Cortez particularly, just because obviously I work for CWP. Uh, I know that CWP is very keen on bringing her in. Uh, I can clearly understand why now. I, do you know what? Full disclosure, ladies, I thought this match was fantastic. I really did. That's not me blowing smoke up your ass. I don't need to do that. Um, it's just my honest opinion. I actually thought this match was really good. And I know that there was uh, an incident during the match where one of the contestants, um, you know, took a bit of a nasty blow. Let's be real. And... 
that could have been more than enough to stop the match. Uh, they continued, and I know that the individual was somewhat upset after the match. And like I said to her in person, um, I thought it was a true credit to both women, and especially to her, for you know getting up and keep going despite being that rattled. And I actually thought this match was really good. I've had the chance to watch this back. You know, the, the advantage of having the footage and editing it after the fact is that you get to see things that maybe other people didn't. And I think this is a match you should be proud of. I think this is a really good match. There's no question that at certain points, one individual had to carry the match a little bit more. But there's no shame in that. Everybody does that. There's always going to be a ring general. And, you know, just like in dance, somebody's going to lead and somebody's going to follow. That doesn't mean that the person following doesn't have talent and shouldn't be recognised for it. I thought it was good. I thought it was credible. I thought it was physical. <laughs> case in point with the accident, but I thought this was a good match. I really did. I think it really shone a light on underappreciated women's talents. And let's not forget, it's, I know I'm going to sound like a woke warrior, and that's, anyone who knows me knows that ain't my fucking jam whatsoever. It is more difficult to be a woman in wrestling, professional wrestling, particularly with everything we've seen. That's not to say that men don't have difficulties. I know I've had difficulties personally, you know, with my personal life, things of that nature, and everything that's gone with speaking out and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it sucks, you know, and it hurts. It does. It hurts the soul and it hurts the heart. But, you know, these women have to deal with so many different things on a daily basis that we don't. And yet they still go out there and give you a top quality performance. And to be honest, um, to the to the individual, you know, who I'm speaking about, who maybe feels that, her performance wasn't up to stuff because of what happened with the accident and stuff. I will say one thing. If this is you on a bad day, then on a good day, you must be a world-class professional because I thought this was excellent nonetheless. So, ladies, be very proud. By the way, Mia Cortez, sick gimmick. Love it. And do you know what? It's kind of simple in a way, but it's this it's this split personality. And it's really, you know, she said something really cool to me outside before the show. We're all kind of split personalities. And we all kind of feel like our gimmick is what we want ourselves to be or what we may very well be with a volume turned up for whatever reason. You know, like myself, I present myself as Aaron Nix in general, but, you know, Aaron Nix, the harbinger of professional wrestling, is something very different, something that's, you know, manifested itself over time. And that's the case with the two kind of sides. And me and Cortez love the masks, love the idea of it, the kind of, the yin and the yang of what that represents and her personality. I think it's awesome. I think it's very, very cool. Speaking of split personalities, uh, Frankie T, one half of the IWE Tag Team Champions, took on the national champion, the man with the gold you want most, Damien. I say man, that's a bit of a stretch. Entity. Wow. Uh, I fucking adored this match. This was my favourite match. If I had to pick a match, if I was, you know, forced at gunpoint, and I hate to do this because I love everyone so much on this show, I'd say this is probably my match tonight. And I'll tell you why. Because of the physicality and the violence. I love myself. So, me and your heart spatters. Um, I, I like this. Do you know what? A lot of people talk shit, especially about Frankie. Uh, I don't know why that is. Maybe because they don't like the gimmick, the Urban Goff gimmick. Um, you know, everything could always be tightened up or polished. Everyone can always do better in terms of getting, I like it. I think he's fine. I, I tell you what, he's in amazing shape. He's worked so hard to bulk up to make himself look good. 
and his in-ring work has always spoken for itself as very, very high quality. And he is a world-class... Maybe the reason... Let's be real, right? Maybe the reason people don't like him is because he's a nice person. And maybe that doesn't fit the fucking bullshit narrative of hot dogs and a handshake. This man fucking pays his talent. This man runs a good fucking ship. This man runs a tight ship. And he works very hard on himself as well. And by the way, just because he runs promotions or a promotion doesn't mean that he needs to fucking book himself to high heaven in the main event every time and book himself to go over all of his talent. Something else that a few promoters could learn about. And I'm sick and tired of hearing people, uh, you know, in the wind, not telling me directly that they don't like him for whatever reason. Well, then fucking man up and have the decency to say something to his face or shut the fuck up and just hide behind your fucking keyboard like the little cretin that you are. And as always, Aaron Nix, you can find me at a multitude of wrestling academies and wrestling shows. You got a problem? Come and say it to my fucking face. Doesn't bother me in the slightest. Um, Damien's fucking cool as well. Oh, I love that gimmick. Kind of like, uh, it's kind of like Gangrel slash Undertaker for the British Indies in a way. And when you say that, people would probably think, oh, that sounds like a carny ripoff or a, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a piss take. And it's not. It's actually really cool, really genuine. It does give you a bit of a chill. And especially if we do our job and present it the way we want to on the matches and on the footage. A lot of work's gone into the gimmick of Damien. You can see that, and it's been built over time. You can The credibility, the way he promotes himself, the way he shoots his promo videos, the way his photography looks, the way his merch looks, the way his gimmick looks, the blood, the masks, everything has an edge. The little demonic kind of symbols that are written, you know, almost painted, you know, etched into his skin, the, the torn clothing that genuinely feels like a demon. I think that's fucking cool. I think that takes a lot of work to be able to not only present yourself in that way, but also make people in the audience feel a little bit unsettled and a little bit unnerved. Great, do I? By the way, despite being a demon, very cool, and a great in-ring talker, and the amount of banter and going back and forth with fans and engaging with the audience and getting them invested and making them want Frankie T to win even more, was so, so good. And both guys delivered phenomenal performances because Damien acted as this evil berserker heavyweight that cannot be stopped and probably will not be stopped for some time. Frankie T played the plucky, you know, underdog. It's the classic David versus Goliath in a lot of ways, but he played it so well. I mean, you couldn't help, but even from beyond a camera, you're kind of rooting for him. And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, is he or isn't he going to capture the national championship? And I be honest with you, I'm not going to tell you. If you want to know, you'll have to watch this match back. And I think you should do, because it genuinely is an absolute tour de force in how to do big man versus smaller man wrestling, how to do baby face and he or he, how to get your shine. Um, the referees played their roles as well. Poor referee getting laid out, uh, as you do, courtesy of a wayward foot or two. Um, this was really hard hitting, by the way. Some of the moves are actually quite spine tingling in their own right. And I think that's very, very cool. Um, but that was the five match years. And like I said, I'm not going to go over them much more because I want people to watch them and enjoy them, which is why I haven't given away the finishes. But, you know, it's difficult. And full disclosure, life has been really difficult, especially for myself. And a lot of those periods during speaking out and things of that nature, I just thought, I'm so sick of wrestling in a way. And I don't know if I really want to be around here anymore. 
you know, in life in general, much less in wrestling. And I've done a lot of work on myself and pushed myself hard and worked myself in the gym and things to not be a mahoosive potato blob and all these different things. Um, but this show and being around close friends like Ebenezer, but being around amazing professionals and meeting new people and making new friends was a really cool experience. And it reminded me that wrestling at its core can be really fucking awesome. Pro wrestling can be a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. And it, it was fun without being stupendously over-the-top professional, if you know what I mean. Um, to those in the business, they'll understand this. Some people take it so seriously that it's hard to enjoy any of it. Um, but, you know, having a conversation with a Riley Daniels or a Mia Cortez or a, or a Damien, if you're very lucky, if he doesn't want to snap your fucking spine into him in front of you, having conversations with people like Frankie T or, you know, Tight Grip, they're just awesome human beings work so hard at their craft and just because they don't look shiny and polished like the WWE product doesn't mean that they don't have a place and I'll tell you what I've worked with people who are considered the cream of the crop in professional wrestling I've had many of them on my podcast some of them great others well drama queens might be putting it nicely I didn't see any of that with these people these people could go out there and present a show and present a match and put on a performance that anyone and any promoter that has paid money and damn right you should be paying everybody who works on your shows, they would be proud of it and they would be gobsmacked to how talented these people are. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, because I know quite a lot of professionals and owners that I know who maybe aren't necessarily aware of some of these talents, if you're listening to this and you haven't used these talents before, I strongly suggest you do because they all are so professional so cool, so nice, and they're a credit to the locker room, and they add character and enthusiasm and happiness. I am so sick of, you know, certain locker rooms where you go in and it's just, oh, boys will be boys, you know, doing unbelievably, unnecessarily unprofessional things. I don't care if you've got a split locker room, locker room, excuse me, act like you have been there before. Act like a fucking professional. Act like you have been paid to do a job, because you have. Everybody does that at IWN. They do it to the best of their ability. If I haven't mentioned somebody, I do apologise. Um, hopefully I've mentioned everybody involved. Absolutely fucking amazing. You know, you never know. Hopefully you might make a few friends for life out of that show. Really, really proud of it. Really proud of the work that everybody put in. And I'm also proud of the work I put in as well. I did photography as well on the side. Everyone knows I'm not really a photographer. It's not really my kind of thing. I like it. But it's just a hobby. I'm not a professional by any means. And I feel like I've got some good shots. And this is the other thing that I just wanted to say in closing. that uh, The reason that I offer my services in video and photography and things at such a low price. I feel like I do undercut myself a little bit. But the reason I do that is because I genuinely want wrestlers to have as much content as possible. A lot of these wrestlers, they don't have photographs to remember their performances by. They don't have videos, match footage, good-looking match footage, not some grainy bullshit that's been taken on a fucking Sony Ericsson 72-1980 or whatever the fuck smartphone. Like, genuinely good footage. They deserve that, and they deserve an opportunity to take that footage elsewhere and say, look, this is what I can do on any given night. Give me an opportunity to work. And hopefully... My work and with an incredible assist from the legendary Ebenezer, the geezer, very, very saucy monkey that he is. Hopefully with a little bit of help from him on the side, hopefully going forward as well, um, we can do that and we can afford more people 
affordable footage and obviously anyone who works with me you know the photography and the video you know if you're a worker as such or a performer that footage is always available to you for free because why shouldn't it be um yeah, that's just kind of like what i think is the right thing to do so hopefully even my professionalism and what i offer to the show has helped somewhat and even this podcast may hopefully offer a little bit of self-promotion for you guys and you know it might be a little bit of I don't know, a little bit too much grandeur and a little bit too much uh, self-masturbation going on here, but hopefully it'll help out because that's what I want to do. I love wrestling and I genuinely want to make the scene better. And having days out like that just fills my heart and my soul with a lot of happiness. It really does. So thank you very much to everyone involved in IWE. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, uh, maybe if you're a part of the show and you feel like you could do with even more self-promotion, maybe your ego is huge and you think, I'll come on your podcast and chat about how great I am for half an hour. Well, you're absolutely welcome on the rest of the Just send me a message or have me on Facebook, Aaron Nix. Uh, that is my personal uh, professional, should I say, wrestling Facebook profile. So anyone can add me on that. And if you want to talk business or talk wrestling, I'm more than happy to do so. Um, and also you can contact at WrestleFlug across any social media platform, send them a message and I'll get back to you pretty much instantaneously. And we shall do the deed and get you booked for a nice little chat ski. Um, but other than that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Don't forget to check out IWE, of course. If you search for Independent Wrestling Elite on Facebook, you can find their page. Have a look for them on Twitter as well. Um, at IWE UK, I believe. My apologies if I got that incorrect. And obviously, look for all the talent involved as well. I'll be sure to try and tag as many of them as possible in the description of this podcast so you can see them for yourself. Um, but at the same time and at the same point, <laughs> make sure that you go out of your way to watch your local independent wrestling, not just IWE. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, okay, that was pretty cool, it's quite interesting, I might check out IWE. Yes, you fucking should. But you should also check out your local indies. No matter how small you think it might be or how crummy it might be, you might see one of the next big superstars. And also, you should support your wrestlers. Go to the merch table. Buy a t-shirt. Buy a hat. Engage with them. Get a photo with them. Even if they're gracious enough just to get a photo with you and you haven't spent any money or you don't have any money, share that photo. Tag them on Instagram or whatever social media you're using and let people know that this is a really cool human being. This is somebody you support because it might make a huge difference to their lives. And if nothing else, it actually is really heartwarming to know that people are having a good time at these shows. I've been Aaron X. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to check out all of our content at WrestlePlug. It is, of course, the home of the three-minute review. If you head to our YouTube channel, um, you just put in WrestlePlug and you will find our YouTube channel. Uh, I cover three-minute reviews of shows. So if you don't have three hours to watch WWE Raw, and I know you don't because it fucking sucks and nobody wants to watch bad wrestling for three hours, then check me out on YouTube. I reviewed a whole show in three minutes flat. Can't say fair enough. So literally, you can take a shit... And watch me for three minutes. No idea why you'd want to do that when you're having a shit, but you may do. Watch that, and then you think, cool, that's raw done. Phone over the shoulder, on with the day. Thank you very much. By the way, if you're taking a shit and watching it, don't throw your phone over the shoulder while you're doing that. Otherwise, your insurance is going to have a hell of a payout. Or you're going to have a hell of an argument with your insurance as to why it's covered in fecal matter, you disgusting trotter. I've been Aaron X. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll catch you very soon for more content from The Wrestle Plug.